0: I mean, you're very different people. I'm the, I feel like I'm the calmest person in the world at times. And the last time I put a flaky like that was I had to move house recently and because of my, because of my drinking and because of my severe lack of facing facts in life, we were getting evicted for last week on, let's say, a Monday morning at 10 o'clock. I didn't hire a van until the Sunday and I, <laughs> I stayed up all night. And walked out of that quarter to ten that morning with all my stuff. The Friday before that, I spoke to the woman at the council because I was trying to get a council flat at first. Um, I'm in a private, and I was trying to get a council flat. And the way that she spoke to me, she said one phrase, and it I, I started getting marriage. I went, look, you've got to understand that I need to know what's happening. Like I've got my my partner, I've got a cat and a dog, no children or anything like that. But I've got I've got a family. I need to know what's happening. Come Monday, if I'm getting a house, and the, the woman said to me, I, "I don't have a crystal ball. This is the fucking social worker that's meant to be helping you find a new place." And I was—that's the last time. That's the only time I can remember in the last ten years. I was fucking apoplectic with rage. Uh i was greeting. I was shaking that t-shirt thing. I was basically had. I was sweating. I, I was basically ended up fucking almost ripping my t-shirt off as well. But I uh, very. Aye, yeah, we're, d- we're different people. <laughs> you're like, I've pounds in a and you're going after your but. Um, aye, I think
1: yours is, <laughs> yours is justified rage. Aye, uh, but that,
0: that's, <laughs> what the, aye, see, that's what, that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm, I'm usually pretty calm. D- any bad advice you've been given? Like, you know, like, we're, whatever, telling your story and the we of helping somebody, but did anybody ever tell you something that was just wrong Or just, like, terrible advice? Like, I, no, I don't. Or you followed it and realised it was was for you or whatever?
1: In regarding life in general or (laughs) recovery? Well,
0: starting life in general or recovery, aye.
1: Well, I I think one thing that's always stuck to me is when I first started doing stand-up, something got cancelled and I was struggling over Christmas and my brother pulled me aside and my brother was like, you need to stop this comedy pish and go and get a job. I can get you a job in John Lewis for Christmas. And it was really hurtful. And mm. um, I decided not to listen to him. And then, like, three months later, I got Scotswood. And I always think back to that. He's very, very supportive now. He's very mm. kind. But thank God I, I didn't listen to him. And, um, like, I've had all sorts of people, give me shite, I've had people tell me that you shouldn't take antidepressants. I'm not in antidepressants anymore, but Mm -hmm. if you need them or somebody needs them, take them if you need them. Um, I've also been in meetings, like uh, recovery meetings, and people, you get a big book in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I've Mm. had people say to my face, see that book, what a shite, don't read it. Don't do the steps and don't get a sponsor. And even when I was fucked, I was like, that doesn't sound right. So
0: it doesn't seem right now.
1: <laughs> uh I've had all sorts of crackpots um trying <laughs> to me nuggets throughout the years. I think it's the beauty of it, the beauty of life is just to to go on your own journey um and do what makes the you cra- happy.
0: The crackpots gravitate towards you because of what you do basically?
1: Aye, basically, aye. Especially
0: could, when uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, you mentioned Scott Squad a few times. I'm a big fan. We actually spoke about Scott Squad a couple of months ago on on a podcast. I just found it because it only recently came out on BBC iPlayer. The whole thing. I was really interested in it, and Karen had my my, my partner, who's called Karen, um, She <laughs> was I oh, yeah. um, She was she watched Scott Squad one night because she likes police shows, and she's like, what's the shite?" And I was just I don't know what it is, but. I've not really seen advertised or anything like that, mate. I, I'm a big fan. It's my new telly on in the house when you're doing things, sort of thing. I watched right. it all the way through, and it, it used to be Brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever. You would just stick it on, and it's there. It's just there on the telly. You're not really watching it, um, and I'm already hopefully through season five again. How did how did that come about then? How did that sort of how did that come about? Did you did you have to audition for it, or did they just sort of straight up offer you the part?
1: I had to audition for it, I mean, Scott Squad's like 10 years now, mm-hmm. but yeah. I was working in Asda as a trolley boy, and I was doing stand-up comedy as a hobby. I've told this story before, I was I was doing stand-up in a pub one night, and uh, Joe Hewlett, the guy who came up with Scott Squad, was in for a pint, right. and he came up to me at the end of the night, and he was like, oh, I would like you to come into the comedy unit for... An edition for a show that we're we're making,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, the first thing that went to my head was like, "Mate, I'm working on Friday. I don't know if I can make it." And he was like, "Get your shift off or <laughs> swap and right. come in for an edition." So I went into this place and it it was two editions. The first edition was Noddy, the director, with Joe Hewlett, and I was sitting there, and they said. You need to come up with a police officer character or a dafty character, mm-hmm. and I was like dafty, and they were like, right, you've got mm-hmm. two minutes, improv a situation, and I just improv.
0: That's, that's I, fucking mental, man. I just yeah.
1: randomly started talking shit, and uh, they started giggling, and then they were like, right, we'd like you to come in for the second edition. In the second edition, I walked through a gym hall, and there was, like, 40 actors in this room. And it was quickfire improv games, on-the-spot improv games. And right. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to treat this like a gig. I've seen all these actors, like, trembling and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm going to treat this like a stand-up comedy gig. And... uh I have said this before, they were like, you're so cartoonish and so mental that we can't offer you a part. Because if you're a police officer it would just be silly. And I never knew any of this. And then Joe said we need to make him in the show somehow. And it was Joe that said, why don't we make him a pest that goes into a police station? And then... Together we we made that character together. So I made for like when I was in we were doing meetings. I was like they were said, what do you want to make Bobby as a job? And I was like eh, trolley boy, <laughs> just just <laughs> saying what I did. And then um, I never had any money for contact lenses at the time because I was skint. So I was scared about like if I was going to get a script. I'm like I'm not going to be able to read that. So. I remember thinking, <laughs> get him <laughs> to keep the glasses, uh, and they were like, "Why?" I was like, because oh, 'cause it'll be funny." So, <laughs> but that was the reason why I got Bobby to keep glasses, is because I couldn't afford the uh, contact lenses. And,
2: uh, See, then, I, I was going to say I, I didn't know that Scotchwood was as improved as that, but it makes yeah. perfect sense now. And listening to you saying that you kind of... Uh, Together, um, with the director who ever created that character and kind of molded it yourself, and a lot of this improv, it makes sense because it's the kind of character that I don't think they could ever recast Bobby. There could nobody else could, could yeah. come in and do that. I don't think it just wouldn't work. And I've always thought that since I first saw him, but the fact that it's improv, kind of, I understand a little bit more now why. But even still, if it was scripted, that's that character is just it's you. It, it couldn't oh. be somebody else. That you think mate. I really don't.
1: Thank you. And it, there's so much in my life that I apply to it as well. Like Bobby had a dog called Fridge and when <laughs> I when I was younger, see my which I found hilarious by the way. See my brother's boss, um, who was this mad mad guy, very, very funny. Uh anytime he used to drive past me in the street, he used to shout Fridge at me in <laughs> oh, the car. Fucking brutal. That's and, <laughs> Well, it turns out Fridge was an American football player called Fridge. Yeah, he was. He was at
2: WrestleMania one year. Was he? I never yeah. heard that. Yeah, yeah, he did the WrestleMania. My one Colin's year. a big yeah. wrestling fan, by the way. Hi. Yeah, so, big.
1: because I've, when I was younger, I was very, very big, right? And the guy used to call me Fridge, and he never did it in a cruel way. It wasn't a cruel way, and I did all. It was always lodged in the back of my My head that that was very, very funny, and. Um, they were
0: just like, would you want to call the dog? And I said, fridge. That <laughs> was that. See, see, I was going to say you're, but Bobby and uh, Officer Karen's relationship is, its kind of fucking beautiful, man. Like, Karen's, Officer Karen's so patient. You just, you, you kind of expect her to snap band and go like, Bobby, fuck off. Get out. You're a pain in the ass. Stop pestering me. But she's lovely. And Bobby is, he's a pest but he's kind-hearted, he thinks about the community, he's not a fucking bad person, and uh, the improv stuff makes sense, and the the physical stuff as well, like, like, there's... Are you alright, talking about this, is this alright? Aye. Um, no, mate, you've just asked an...
1: me about mental health and taking ekkies and all that. Gang, I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to talk about Scott Squad, man. Oh, slow down, You've mate. just crossed a line, Jack. You've crossed a line,
0: mean, I've mate. Just, I've just crossed a line.
1: <laughs> what do you mean um, I used to be a trolley boy? Fucking <laughs> hell, man.
0: There's um, a few bits like that. In the very first, first season, when one of the first episodes, you, you, you win a comp... You, I'm saying, Bobby wins a competition, right? <laughs> and he gets put in the cell. And there's a visceral scream of Karen that you do. And for some reason, that just split me in half. And then I was watching my other night, you come in, you shite yourself. Like, just that, that, just, it's so simple yet effective, man. Oh, like, having two broken arms, like coming in with your two oh. broken arms, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's kind of slapstick funny, touching, mate, I love it, I think it's, it's, like I say, it's my background telling and I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan.
2: Thank you very much,
1: thank you. Well, I mean, when I was growing up, I loved, like, people like Chris Farley and John Candy and stuff, I just like slapsticky kind of humour, like, even Mm. though my stand-up is very dark and 18 plus, but Mm. when I grew up, it was Chris Farley, John Candy, the Marx Brothers, do you get any
0: plans in running any more any at the stand? I know you had a couple recently. Um, I've yeah. got nothing
1: coming up recently, but um, I'm mm. looking for a venue to bring back the funny bunch, uh-huh. and then I'm going to film a special, but I'll confirm that at a, a later date. Because I've been doing yeah. this for about 15 years now. I've got mm. 15 years of material um, that I've never put on camera. And right, okay. I'd like to film my best of and then just walk away from it and start over again.
2: You found that, that in, the, in the, 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 the last couple of years and stuff, as a comedian, it's become much more important to get little bits out there, like using things like TikTok and stuff like that and getting little bits of routines out there and using that to kind of build up your profile and stuff like that as well.
1: Yes, I think um, I've not put any stand-up on TikTok, but I've seen... Um, Scottish comedians put it on TikTok, and uh, it's changed their life. Like, absolutely yeah. changed their life. It's made them like almost household names. And fair play to them. I've just not done it yet, but that doesn't mean that I won't do it. I will do it. I'm thinking about maybe waiting to my show next year to film the special, and then maybe breaking that up for TikTok. Or I don't. I don't really know. But yeah, the podcast <laughs> has changed my life as well. By the way. In what way? It's just like any time somebody messages <coughs> me, it's about the podcast. It's not about that. Mm. it's
0: not about score Talking about TikTok, the sort of predecessor to that would have been Vine and that sort of first where I sort of came came across you. You it was I'll be fucking on it. I used to do TikToks, but I was mad with the an Neckis and Coconut all the time, doing stupid eggs running about tap and <laughs> the state and shit like that, being a dickhead. <laughs> it was a fucking toxic place <laughs> but it was it was full of fannies, it was full of bullies and shit like that. It really wasn't a nice place. Pie. You chucked it, I think you said, because people were starting to say you're that guy for Vine, rather than you, you're you're a stand-up because you were you were doing stand-up at the time as well or before that. So, but see the TikTok generation, I'm going to call the TikTok generation, and so show like a fucking old man, okay, granddad.
1: Aye.
0: Like, <laughs> say there's this might I'm maybe feeding back to you something held in your podcast. I'm not sure, but like say somebody puts out a bit of material they have get five minutes, and then suddenly they they think they can maybe sell out a two hundred seat a room or something like that, and they don't have enough material or anything to do that is does that happen where people maybe something kicks and gets five million views, and then suddenly they're thrust in a limelight and unprepared for it basically they don't have the don't have the gig experience or anything like that behind them. Have you seen that happen to anybody or does that happen? you know they're sort of catapulted beyond where they maybe should be on on. In, I, the, I circuit or whatever.
1: No. I, I wouldn't say it, cat, it catapults on ahead head of people in the socket because right, there's, okay. a, there, there's enough. There's enough um, shows to go around for everybody. But right. w- when you first start doing stand up comedy, you should you get five minutes, right? So you need to perfect that five minutes. You need to get used to being on the stage. Every time I got a five minutes, I used to go up and try to do a new five minutes until a comedian that doesn't do it anymore called Mikey Adams pulled me aside and he was like, what you did? He's mm-hmm. like, just get your five minutes down to an absolute T, perfect it on <laughs> stage. So I see a lot of these comedians, they get their five minutes, they've done it ten times, they'll film it and they'll put it on TikTok. And it might get like sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 views, but they've only done nine gigs. And then in their head, they need to go, oh, I need to write a new five minutes. So they're getting, it's like they're TikTok comedians. They're no like stand-up comedians. Whether, see if you write an hour of stand-up material and you've got a show, and then you go and film that show, then you should break your hour solo show into TikToks. Instead of just thinking, what can I get up on TikTok? That's why podcasts are good because you could just clip your podcast and put it up on TikTok. I feel right. like you've given away. I mean, there's a reason why I've not put. People are like, how come you've not got anything online? That's my decision. I've not hardly written. Obviously, once
2: mean, once you put it once you put it online, Darren, how do you then charge somebody for it when it's online for free? <laughs>
1: exactly, and see that it's hard man, I've got some really, I mean I'm not born smoke up mask every comedian has an absolute belter, they've got some belters, right, like bankers and yeah. I'm like, I'm not putting my fucking bankers on TikTok like, yeah, I've yeah. took years to write that, like, I've got some jokes that, Asta, I've sometimes when I was in Asda sometimes I've wrote a word and it's took me to go back to that, like 10 years later to finally think, all oh, right, I can get it now, and then turn it into a joke. I've got some jokes that have took me ten years to write. I'm not going to just chuck it on TikTok, and then you need to go on in front of a crowd and do it twenty, thirty times, forty times.
0: Punch are shouting your jokes back at you, but did the punchline for you but, and stuff like yeah. that. But that will be a nightmare. Garlic bread. <laughs> like, oh, <I'm>. <laughs> <laughs> He's. I, I was. Um, <laughs> I don't know Somebody why I laughed so much <laughs> at that, He's <That's laughs> a <laughs> fucking, he's selling, he's selling tickets for a 2026 tour or something now, the not okay. okay. I, I don't know man, he, he should, You should chuck it, but that's just my personal opinion <laughs> um,
2: Why ju- would he chuck it when he's selling out gigs three years in advance? Because he's gonna fucking kill himself
0: man. <laughs> I, that cannot be healthy. Last time, he just, he doesn't look well, basically. He's
1: I just eating imagine. garlic bread. That's, yeah, that's what he does. Sorry. No, but here I'm at a stage in my life, like just because I don't think Peter Kay's funny, there's a million. Like for, I'll give you an example, right? Mrs. Brown's boys, Mama asked me to take her to the cinema to watch the movie, oh,
2: and I head was head. like,
1: "Oh my God, no!" And she was like, <laughs> "I've got, I've got nobody to go away, Can you take me?" And I was sitting there, waiting. <laughs> <raided laughs> the I pure... Re- I exactly. She's sober enough. She, she loves the X's. Uh, <laughs> she's kidding on, by the way. Uh, but I was I was sitting there and I was like, God, this is pure shite. And then I had a moment of like, this is not for me. This film's is not for me. It's for people yeah. like my ma, and people older than my ma. And it's the same with Peter Kay as well. Like, I might not be a fan, but if I'm a producer, see if I'm a producer... And he wants to make a TV show. I'm getting on my pl- I'm going to get him my blank mm-hmm. cheque because I know that there's going to be thousands of people tuning in, seeing me miss Browns boys and all that stuff. Uh, but if that was ten years ago, I'd be like, oh shite, I hate them all. We mm-hmm. not like really
0: that. a couple of times, Colin, so we have a bit like Michael McIntyre's like the example I use. Like it's it's kind of easy and cool to have like Michael McIntyre shite. He's fucking. But I'll get it after I start, and that's why a million people like him when he does the Palladium fucking. Absolutely. Seven
2: seven nights a month. You know, and he's got a TV show. So shut up. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> who, who cares? Who's the you, idiot think? you and I sitting here saying that, or him? with millions of his bank account. You know what I mean? Just because it's not our cup of tea. I'm not a big fan of Coldplay, but they sell out stadiums all over the world. Do you know what I mean? It's just going for the mass the market isn't a silly thing to do. I uh, I had a fact about Coldplay though, the
0: other day. The lead singer Chris Martin writes everything, but splits the producing credit four ways, which made me think more of him, because I just thought he was a pompous bit of a weirdo, you know, marrying that group goopy with the fucking fanny, <laughs> pay, fanny candles uh, the think, thing. that made me think more of him that, uh, that he does everything and then just the guys play it but he splits the money four ways so
2: well yeah. you said a good thing about him so I'll ruin him for you as well at his gigs yeah. so during his gigs didn't some of my mate Sarah I went to one of his concerts and in front of the stage was all exercise bikes and people at the gig went on the exercise bikes to neutralise the carbon used by the band Right, okay, but is that bad that he's trying to do oh, that? Oh, it's so wanky, <laughs> it's, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's wanky, wanky but it's is it wanky bad? Wanky I don't think it's... Oh, no, it's, it's a very noble thing to do. If you're lugging big production trucks all over the world and shit, and lightning rigs and stuff like that, then I'm sure a bunch of middle-aged women on those exercise bikes at the front will make all the difference. But That's, it's, just, it's just very, very, very Chris martin i
1: I'm going to sound like a wanker here as well. We work for a charity that I love called one Tree Planted. For every absolutely. gig ticket, they sold they donated a tree to one tree planted and obviously you can plant a tree anywhere in the world for a quid so they did it in scotland they do it in ireland the uk to, to, to peru to america so what nice. i do is i donate every month to them uh, but what i do is to like family members that i don't like anytime christmas comes up or, <laughs> or a birthday i buy them trees
2: buy my trees <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs>
0: Back to alcohol for a wee bit, but, but no really, like, did you replace it then? Like, um I heard you say in your podcast at one point you were up to five wanks a day, Um, is that filling a void in your soul? <laughs> uh, like, what, what's happening? happened? Yeah, so it was alright <laughs> to
2: talk about soap score, then
1: just drop that in. <laughs> 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 I don't
0: know. Uh, I need one good, don't get fucking acting jobs. It's, it's in the public domain, so. I, seriously, but did you replace alcohol with something like, was it the gym? Was it, I know, again, you've spoke about replacing it with stuff in an addictive way, which isn't a good like mm-hmm. way, like your vit- vitamins and stuff or whatever you were taking to extremes as well. But it definitely was the cold water therapy, I know that. But <laughs> you didn't do <joke laughs> that when you done it, so you did. <laughs> what did you replace booze, with basically, mate? Apart from the cinema.
1: My story is that I had mental health problems. So I self-medicated with alcohol. When I put alcohol into my body it sets off this craving that I want more alcohol on top of hating the effect that it gave me and hating how it made me feel. And then you find that about Jekyll and Hyde as well. So it had that effect on me as well. I can be the quietest, coolest wee guy in the world. And then I have a couple of pints and I'm jumping at Wendy's at parties and stuff and <laughs> wanting to kill myself. Right. So when I stopped drinking alcohol, um, I've done every single thing that you can think of I've replaced it with everything I've my first year sober I put on four stone in weight I mm. was gorging on food for for comfort Um I was at meetings gorging on food I was doing things like uh, it was a Thursday night and I was like do you know what I don't get mad with it anymore so I'm going to get a curry day that seven nights a week so I've replaced it with food and then I went the other way, like, my heaviest, I was 21 stone, at my lightest, I've been 12 and a half stone, like, Mm. wild, 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 um, weight gain and weight loss, I mean, thankfully, I'm like, I'm a 34 on my waist right now, and I'm an XL on a t-shirt, so I'm, I'm alright now, but Mm. I can replace it with food. I mean, the the five wanks a day hang. I've always had five wanks a day. <laughs> <laughs> I sort tape of tapered.
0: I, I, like, uh, fair enough as a teenager. So I sort tape of tapered. after maybe one a day, man. But
1: <laughs> No, I've had five a day since I've been fucking 12, man.
2: <laughs> you go know, ran out of spunk, man. Jesus
1: no, um, two in the morning, what? two at night, and one in between. Here, I've even... I don't know if I've said this on a podcast, but I've even had a wank through a cancer scare before.
0: Um. <laughs> I was, gonna, I, I was going to ask you, you what's the which the
1: saddest <laughs> one you've ever heard, but you've just you've just you kind of pinged that one. Explain, please. Uh. Went to my GP because I found a lump in my buzz, and I thought it was I thought it was cancerous. Right. Went and got it checked, and they were like. <laughs> We'll get back to you and we'll Yeah, it's funny as fuck. And obviously I was a young guy and stuff, so I was like, I can't believe I could have a lump in my buzz. And I was sitting in the house and I was devastated, man. Obviously the alcoholic mind thinks worst case scenario at all times. It doesn't even matter what it is. And then the next thing I know, I was watching off instruction videos, for I like and stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was expecting
0: instructions
2: videos. Oh,
0: the joys With the volume up. Uh,
1: <laughs> and it just turned out that it was a fatty fucking, like a fatty lump in my boss. It right. was me. It was me cancer. Probably a
2: fucking friction burn or something.
1: <laughs> but yeah. here, you can replace it with everything. I mean, during lockdown, for example, I mean, I've always struggled my weight and food is a problem for me, right? But during lockdown, I've got a cousin who is a professional boxer. His name's Nathaniel Collins. He just won a championship there over the weekend. I think he's 14 Mm. and 0.
0: Name sort of rings a bell to be honest.
1: He's been on some podcasts with people and uh, during lockdown, uh, he lost everything as well. And during lockdown, I was like, couldn't get to live alcoholic meetings, alcoholic uh, anonymous meetings. I couldn't get into a gym either. So I said, Mm. Nathaniel, why don't you cut a deal with me? Why don't you train me? and they had mates rates, like family rates, so it was like 30 quid session. sometimes they wouldn't charge me. Started mm-hmm. off training with them right, twice a week, <clears throat> that twice a week turned into five times a week. Sometimes I was training with them twice a day, I mm-hmm. went from like 18 stone to like 14 stone, but it was 14 stone of muscle, it wasn't 14 <clears throat> stone of fat, if you go through my Instagram posts, you'll be able to see a picture of me doing whole sprints for you on Monday. And, mm. uh, I just applied that addictive personality or addictive person, uh, addictive nature to, to training. So you can definitely, um, replace alcohol with, with other things. I've done it with exercise. I've done it with things like fasting, masturbation. You can really, anything that just makes you feel better, like even walking, like I love walking, absolutely Mm. love walking, walking makes me feel amazing, you're only supposed to do 10,000 steps a day, I'm out doing fucking 27,000 steps, see during lockdown I was walking 27,000 steps while waiting rest on, because it just makes me feel so good, but see in the grand scale of life, like see if you're exercising a wee bit too much, it's better than probably eating fucking 5,000 calories, so, uh, you can absolutely... That's why I slag the cold water therapy people, because they stop taking drink and alcohol, and- uh, drinking drugs, and just replace it with cold water therapy. Sorry, my gibbering shite? I feel like I'm gibbering no, 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 that's good. No, no, no
0: that's all. It's, it's good stuff. No, it's good. I'll like tell you about my saddest Wank, very quickly. See me
1: calling
0: and all calling next. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you need to go next week. Um, I- I- I'm going to date this, and this is how much... It's seared in my memory. There was a PlayStation 1 game called called Pool Sharks or something like that, right? And on the the start screen, there was a girl and she would bend over and take a pool shot. And as she took the pool shot, she would go, Oh! And I shut my eyes and I liked that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, a long time ago. Yeah.
1: You I don't that. wank that computer
0: game. I but not even the computer game that the I shut my eyes and it was the sound of her hitting the pool shot. And that's yeah. what. I, oh yeah. Fair enough. I've I spoken about wanking plenty on pods before as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm that look-at-me person, I'm pretty open about stuff like that, but Colin, mate, don't worry, you, know, you don't want to tell us about your wanking, that's nice. <laughs> no,
2: <I'll> listen, <laughs> I'll listen, I'll listen, I'll listen, I don't want to be the one that chickens out of it, fuck it, let's do it. Um, I think after I've made my saddest one would have been one of the first times that I uh, started shaving my balls, and I yeah. um, doing it in the shower, and I came to the conclusion about a minute into it that it would be a much easier task to do if <laughs> what yeah. I was shaving was a little bit bigger. <laughs> so yeah, I
0: did that over over the vibration of a razor, basically. So, There you go. As you were your balls, right? Uh, you've been watching The Last of Us, Done.
1: Yes, I watched the last two episodes tonight, and uh, I love it.
0: So good! It's so so good. And fantastic. Did are you? I find myself. I, I It's probably been with the booze over the years. Quite an emotional person, quite easily, like busting any tears at shit. Are you? Are you a bit of a cry or did uh, any of the the touching moments in the last couple of episodes bring a tear to your eye, mate, or are you are you hard as fuck, you solid?
1: When I first got sober I was very emotional, but uh now I can see myself I get teared up to music and stuff, but see the the episode when the two guys got together? That was amazing, man. I've, I've seen myself crying to that.
0: Like, I've been watching I've been watching a lot more telly. Being sober. Like I I never had much of an attention span. I would get bored easily watching stuff especially if I was drinking I would be bouncing about from the, the phone to T V to coming through here on the laptop the PlayStation for a lot. I would never really had much of an attention span. So I've been watching a lot more, uh, a lot more telly. I watched something last night but I um, don't know if you've heard it, um, fast and farmerish on BBC Scotland. It's like a it's like farmer trials like so they like race tractors and shit. Tractors like and shit. Yeah. yeah, but for some reason, like, so there's all this sort of farming stuff going on, but the the soundtrack is like, Martin Garrick's Animals and stuff like that. It's heavy pumping techno. Or, like, sort of trans for the mid-2000s. And just as I caught maybe two, it's like, I, it, honestly, it made me want to take Eckies again. Honestly, just listening to <laughs> the tunes.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you said you want to uh, make you want to fucking buy a tractor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it made me want <laughs> to take you, man. The tunes were banging. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just it's so strange because they the the other like building haystack models and shit like that and then a beat just drops and it's like ah oh, should we go um like being a comedian have you got have you got like a book do you take notes is it phone how do you like if you see something or you something triggers in your memory do you automatically take a note of that or whatever because I seen. This is stuck in my mind. I seen a guy drinking a beer through a straw the other day and for some reason it, it just made it worse that it was at a funeral. Oh wow. <laughs> there's a lot
1: to unpack there. There's a lot there's
0: a lot to there's a lot to sort of um, dig your teeth into there. But again, like, say you seen something like that, would that be like are you taking a note straight away or whatever, how do you write comedy?
1: It's it's quite simple, mate. If I'm out and about and cutting about the street or in public transport, I'll I just set a uh, do a voice note okay. on my mobile phone, and it it could just literally be I'll pull my phone out and I'll be like seeing a guy drink a beer with a straw, and then uh, <laughs> when I get back, so to it's, very, room, it's very Partridge, isn't it, Darren? <laughs> like, monkey, monkey, tennis,
2: <laughs> monkey tennis. <laughs> or... <laughs>
1: it does, doesn't it? Oh, does. It works, <laughs> and then. Um, I just do it because I'll forget as well. I used to do the notes, but then I'll get back to my flat and I've got a couple of jotters and A4, like, notebooks and stuff, and then I'll just write it out. But I don't really write uh, a joke word for word, though. I'll be like, Mm. you know, if you were to look at my set list before I was to go on stage, it might be sobriety, mental health, weight loss, you know. Like that type of shit. Or even the, the example that you gave, I'll be like, right, I seen a guy if no drink I'll be a beer with I store and I'll just go up and I'll work on it. I'll be like, I'll just go up and start talking about it. Mm-hmm. And whatever. How that takes you. And I and that's the beauty of open night nights and improv nights and stuff. You go and mm-hmm. work it out and if you die in your ass then that's
0: it. Conspiracies, mate. You speak about conspiracies quite a lot in your podcast. Um, my favourite conspiracy is you ever heard the one that Paul McCartney's basically standing? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, I have. And, it, the, the, and the the best thing about the conspiracy is the way he died is that he walked out of a studio and was decapitated in a car accident, basically. And to cover the whole thing up, they hired the a lookalike, and that was back in 1966, supposedly. That's my favourite. That's my favourite conspiracy, mate. You get any sort of conspiracies that A are your favourite or B that you actually believe?
1: Well that's quite a fun one. That's Mm -hmm. uh, quite, that's enjoyable but like genuine conspiracy, like ones that I believe that are real uh, Mm -hmm. I think the JFK assassination was that's a cover up. Why do you believe that? I just think it was just I mean, I had to stop reading up on that. Actually, it was affecting <laughs> my mental health. Like it totally. Seriously, <laughs> really addicted. I was to having all. like nightmares about it and stuff. Uh, I just think it was so blatant and so exposed that can he just be one guy that get a lucky shot from a a library building? Everybody hated him. Like the government hated him because he was. Relig- I mean, he was Catholic. He was Irish. He didn't support. He was the first Catholic president as well, wasn't he? Ever? Ah, uh,
0: yeah, he was right. Uh, so
1: he was like yeah. a white Anglo-Saxon Ku Klux clan country that hated black people, hated everybody, and he kind of supported all that. So he had the clan that hated him, the mafia hated him, like literally everybody hated him. So I think God, it's been so long that I've not read up on it for for ages. But there was a, there was one about it that. There was supposedly
0: a guy in a drain Uh, with a gun. The thing with conspiracies is, I just kind of think, I'll let you you finish, but sure I've jumped in there. Not cool. uh, That lots of people can't keep a secret. You know, like for these conspiracies to stand the the sort of snapping point, I would call them, there would have to be like a thousand people that kept a secret for that length of time. I just don't think people can do that. That's always my kickback on most conspiracies anyway, but. A guy in a see that's supposedly a guy in a stank that just blows my mind that uh, people would think that's a thing is there you must have read something back in the day that sort of grabbed your attention and you went right okay I can try to get with that
1: well that's the thing about conspiracies isn't it when it's I think it's there in plain sight uh-huh. and if you look at it and see the information and read it and then believe it they'll call you a conspiracist. Or they'll call you mental. I mean, obviously, there's facts about it that are just no real. Like there's the the umbrella guy, which supposedly did that with an umbrella and he shot through the umbrella. There's a conspiracy that the guy driving the car reached round and actually shot him with a gun, which is just right. not true. That's obviously not true. But there's videos that you'll see like they've put these 4D printing techniques to it, and you'll see on the grass and all that there's like. A guy with a gun on the grassy knoll. I believe mm. that, that somebody was on the grassy knoll. There was numerous shots coming from everywhere. So I think there was the grassy knoll. I believe that somebody was hiding in a drain as well. As mental as it sounds. It does and, sound that. you think
0: it does sound mental?
1: And I think that um, Oswald was in that tower, and he get. Mm. It was like some type of cover up, or maybe he was involved as well, and he wanted to kill Kennedy, and he was just the fall guy. There's so much more to it, I think it was at the, he got shot in Elm Street, and down the road, I think it was the KKK headquarters and stuff, so, <laughs> I'm like, the KKK fucking done it. <laughs> it must be them. I'll tell you quickly, have you heard about the death yeah. and mute witness?
0: The no, witness? No, mate. never heard it. Never heard so if you, put into,
1: GF, right. yep, if you put into right. YouTube, there was a death and mute witness, he was driving along a motorway in a car, you'll see the video. <laughs> and um, this guy said that he seen there was a rail track just above Elm Street and he says as he was driving along the motorway he seen this guy dressed up as a rail road worker shoot a shot from a rifle, get up, unpack the gun, put it into a suitcase and just walk up walk up the track and see because the guy was deaf and mute. He couldn't he, like scream for help. Like he was pointing at the guy, you know that stuff. Like if you see it's on YouTube, if you find it you'll you'll find it. And that was another thing that blew me blew me away. I think I think there was just a rainfall of bullets going towards the guy and it's just whoever hit him first.
0: <laughs> oh you think it was like they went in mob handed basically, like you're up there, you do now, you're doing there. You're doing there I, and just see if anybody can hit him.
1: I and he had a back he had something wrong with him, right? He had Uh, a disease, I don't know if it was syphilis maybe, but there was something wrong with him, see if he he never get assassinated, he wouldn't have lived to old age, but see when he was driving that day, he had a back brace on see that first gunshot that hit him, see if he wasn't wearing a back brace, he would have slumped over and he would have lived, but see because the back brace kept him up, that's how the second shot killed him so how mental was that?
0: If our conversation, my DMs are open, the Patreon messages is open as well, that sort of stuff. Um, you can drop, You can definitely drop me a message if you feel like what we spoke about today. If you see yourself in any of our conversations or anything like that, um, if you identify the things we spoke about, give me a shout. I might not be much help, but at least you know you're known there that boat by yourself and, like I say, listening to dance podcasts, sort of done that for me. So cheers for coming on and being so open and honest about your uh, addiction recovery and stuff like that, mate. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for asking me, guys. It's much appreciated. If anybody's struggling back on side or a mental health charity, you've got Glasgow Samaritans Alcoholics Anonymous. And you know what? If you're scared about going into your GP, just pull your finger out your ass and walk in and get help.
0: Speak to a professional... That's a bit of advice that I would give anybody who does professional services out there. Go and speak to somebody whose job it is to help. Colin, mate, I feel like you've kind of been sitting there listening to me harp on for the last hour and a half, but as always, cheers. No,
2: oh, pleasure. And uh, first of all, good kudos to you, Jack, for what you're doing and trying to sort yourself out. And <clears> even more kudos <throat> for coming on the pod and speaking so bravely about it. And also to Darren, who's been doing this for a lot longer than you, but... But I need to come on and thanks for the impact you've had on my mate, mate. Thank you.
1: Thank you, man.
2: Thank you.
0: Let's all have the saddest wank together before we're out of the (laughs) show. But, uh, aye, Magic, cheers for tuning in and we'll speak to you soon. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore Wrong Term Memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com/slash forward Wrong Term Memory or by clicking the link in the show notes.
2: Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't in their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.